It's time for Breaking Chain's new show, History Talk, with Dr. LaVert Kemp. So turn the broadcast up and let's break chains in our history. Good evening, everyone. This is uh, Reverend Dr. LaVert Kemp. May I just say God bless everyone, our listeners today. We're truly, truly blessed to see another day as we go along through this time that we're going through a pandemic uh, with the COVID-19 virus. It's very important that we stay inside. And while we're inside, let us learn something about the world. Let us learn something about anthropology. Let us learn about the genetics. Let us learn about uh, the theology, black theology, and the study uh, theological concepts of the Bible itself and not let us go where everything has been made Eurocentric and knowing that in the past that there were never any whites in that certain area at that time. So let us continue to do our own study and and not be part in that African-Americans played no part in it. History will tell great uh, historians throughout the Bible, Josephus, Tacitus, and others, Philo, uh, all uh, call the children of the Hebrew, the the Israelites, said that they were of African descent. So let let us be mindful, and let us be mindful. As always, I like to uh, start off uh, and do a refresher uh, and go back to where we started from because I think every every time we come on, we have new individuals that are listening to our our broadcast, and I would like you not to miss, miss out on anything that we're talking about. The, we started off first talking about anthropology and we start talking about the origin of man and where did man originate from? We have heard of Darwin's theory of evolution and, and many other things like that. And we, we've heard that and we've talked about uh, that man came from uh, a single cell amoeba or from an ape and that we evolved into being uh, who we are today. But I like to say that man never evolved that never seen a gorilla or a chimpanzee turn to a, a human being. And they've been in they've been having zoos for thousands of years now. Animals are not changing, uh, going through this little mutation or whatever to become uh, uh evolving, that's the term, to human being. They stay the same. There's a difference between an animal and a human being. The Bible says that God made man a little lower than an angel. But I, I would only like to go back, and certainly some of these things do really, uh, I would say, refute Darwin's theory of evolution. Even when you when you look at it, uh, we go back to uh, 3.18 million years ago when Donald Johansson and Tom Gray 
they were they were looking for rocks, uh, you know, and they stumble up on uh, a fossil, and they call the fossil was named Lucy because at that time in 1974, the Beatles had a record out called Lucy. And so the fossil skeleton in Ethiopia was in the southern parts of Ethiopia. And uh, it simply became uh, the understanding of the process of evolution, but also became, she became a household name, Lucy. And as I said, they date her fossils back 1.18 million years. But then there's also Professor Leakey, other than you can look this up because most of these that we're talking about right now are Caucasian. They're not African-Americans or Africans who wrote this. And it's a specific reason why I'm making these points because they're going to tell you where the origin of man, they're uh, anthropologists and archaeologists and and geneticists that I'm going to present to you, all are Caucasian. And um, we're going to find out, too, that Lewis and Mary Leakey, they were, were British paleontologists who discovered the first fossil called Proconsul Skull, and it was like an ape, and they said that it could be uh, – the, the mark between a human and uh, an ape. And that was uh, Mary Leakey. But then she went up further, and uh, Zendranthropus, which means, uh, it simply means Northeast Africa. And she uh, found skulls in Od Gorge in Tanzania in East Africa. And several archaeologists and anthropologists, they went in and found fossils of human remains. Through excavations, they found artifacts like arrowheads and showed that, that, that thousands and hundreds and thousands of years ago that man, it couldn't have been an ape because man was capable of making weapons. It, it goes on further and it talks about tracing them back to uh, mitochondrial DNA, and if we trace back the DNA in uh, maternal inherited mitochondrial DNA within ourselves, all humans have a theoretical common ancestor, and it's it's a woman. This woman is known as mitochondrial Eve. She lived between one hundred and two hundred thousand years ago in South Africa. She was not the first human, but every other female lineage eventually had no female offspring. Failing to pass on the mitochondrial DNA, as a result, all humans today can trace their mitochondrial DNA back to her. With her DNA and that of her peers exists all the genetic variation we see in contemporary humans since the time of Eve. In essence, what I'm saying, everybody, whether you're Chinese, Japanese, whether you come from Africa, India, or European, you have her DNA. 
we carry that DNA. And the different populations of humans have drifted apart genetically, forming distinct ethnic groups we have today. But one thing we all have in common, we all share mitochondrial DNA of Eve. And some scholars have said it was, you could find it more heavily concentrated in black women because they come out through through the maternal aspect. Now, also, that was a man, a uh, fossil of a, a man, skeletal remains, who died 315 B.C., 315 years before Christ, so roughly about 2,300 years, 2,300 years ago in South Africa, in the, in, in the closest relative to that human is mitochondrial DNA was Eve. He is the closest relative that they could trace back to mitochondrial Eve. They know that he was a fisherman from South Africa and was, genetic, was a genetic match for Eve. They found his skeletal remains around St. Helen Bay in South Africa by archaeologists, or white archaeologists. His name was Andrew Smith at the University of Cape Town. This is the first ancient human from the what really came, the first ancient humans came from sub-Saharan Africa, the, which is called the Cradle of Humanity, and have all we all have part of the DNA sequencing. We we take DNA tests, but a lot of Caucasians or whites have a, a part of like a percentage of like they say unknown, but that simply dates back to that point of time. Now it gets to a point of time in in the history and origin of of an in anthropologists where man left the cradle of civilization, which was in Africa. And, and migrated to what we call the European countries where there wasn't as hot, it was cold, and man went through what you call a genetic mutation. And in that genetic mutation that man went through, found that man began to look different. The skin color was different. And we'll find that through this came about the dominance. And when you look at it, it's called Professor Leakey. Professor Leakey, Greg Wall, I guess not Leakey, but I'm, I'm serious. The, the geneticist uh, was Greg Wall Mendel. And Mendel uh, talks about the genetics of the genes of man. And general state. Uh, Mendel states in his genetic discovery, he discovered that dark brown or black is dominant, that brown eyes is dominant, that blue eyes is a recessive gene, that brown skin or dark skin is a dominant gene, and light color is recessive. I often make a little joke about it. I often say you never find a white horse in the Kentucky Derby. And the question is why? Because it's not a, a thoroughbred, meaning it's not pure. And a, uh, when you look at a mutation, a mutation means something immune that came off of another 
uh, something. And so you find that the white uh, Caucasian race went through a stage of mutation and that color came about. Now, we know that one thing about it, about this, is the fact that you could take two blacks and make a white child, but you can't take two whites and make a black child because the dominant, the the dominant, the, the black is the dominant that all other race came from. Now, I've often, I've told you that Mendel's Law says that light skin is recessive and dark skin is dominant. Now, I, when, we, when you study it further, they have what you call, Mendel had three laws. It's called the law of inheritance. And the inheritance is the genes that we inherited, we inherit from our parents. And the law of dominance of segregation is the second one. The dominant law of segregation states that when when uh, those who left out of Africa went in Europe and began to live in caves, even Neanderthals, that they began to change. They went through what we call a mutation. And when they went through the mutation, they call it the law of dominance of segregation. When a certain group of people are segregated in a certain area and only cohabitates of breed with that same group, they begin to turn the color, and the color begin to be a light, and they begin to look alike. And the law of dominant assortment, the, those those that, that look that way, uh, independent, I mean independent assortment, and they, they, they were different, and that's how it came about different. So out of Africa and the Europe, the mutation in the skin color and the recessive gene. The two genes from, we get two genes from each parent. We get uh, two genes from one from each parent. We get a gene from the father, a Y chromosome, and we get an X chromosome. X and Y chromosomes say that you are a male. Females don't have the Y chromosome. And so we want to see that by law, the dominant part that appear from contrasting characters across only one form of the trail will appear in the dominant trait. And you've noticed that that if you have a African American or African and a white female would have a child together, that child would always come out like the dominant, the darker complexion one. Even if it's a white male have a child with a black female. The dark color is the dominant color, and the child will take more genes after the more dominant because uh, dark things are more dominant. Now, I was, I was, I've been t- talking about that, and I also, uh, when you get a chance to, I want you to look up Mendel's Law, and you can look up, that's Gregor Mendel. If those who haven't studied about um, geneticists are uh, either, then you could go to, I said Gregor Mendel, and then you could go to Professor Leakey. And when you study about Professor Leakey, you could find about his wife and his himself. His wife 
name is Mary Douglas Mendeleke, and his name was Louis Leakey. And they made some wonderful discoveries. See, Lucy was called Australopithecus. That what Lucy was called. But then you go to Zenzantropy would be under, and that was uh, Australopithecus was under Donna Johansson and Tom Gray, but Zanzipropus, Zanzentropy, or Zandripopus, that that was came under Lewis and Mary Leakey. And so we've did that. We've come out and we've found out that man really originated in our origin with Africa and that the first man was of a dark complexion. And that, that they left out of it. That's why they have stories called Out of Africa. And as as we study Out of Africa, and that's the, the cradle of civilization. And, and all your books, they'll tell you the cradle of civilization is just in northeast Africa, right around uh, what they call sub-Saharan Africa. And we know that the closer you are to the equator, the darker you are. And the people that came from there were of a dark complexion, even all the way to biblical time. In biblical time, the Holy Land would have been considered as North Africa. It would have been considered as North Africa. And I even, um, in studying to get my, uh, and we're going to go into biblical time because so much stuff has been asked about the Bible because uh Europeans have put so many lies into the Bible and did so much injustice to the theology of the Bible, the study of God of the Bible. It's been other races other than Europeans have been shut out. Although we know that there were no, the white race didn't originate around Asia Minor, or whatever you want to call it now, but it was North Africa at the, at that time. Uh, for some reason, and some reason that was ungodly, blacks were totally left out of the Bible. I myself uh, wondered as I was growing up and seeing movies on television, why was Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and and even if they show a picture of God, he was was white, and well, uh, everybody in the Bible was white, but they didn't come from Europe. And then the Bible talks about where the Garden of Eden, but before it talks about the Garden of Eden, the Bible says that, and I'm gonna gonna break some things down to you about this. The Bible talks about God creating. Man, but the Bible say when God created man, they say He created man from the dust of the earth. I've never seen white dust. Then where it was located at, it tells me that see sometimes you talk out both sides of your mouth when you say things. But now the Bible talks about the location of the Garden of Eden. And it talks about it had four rivers that watered the garden because no rain had happened. 
They talked about the first river was called the Pishon, and it encompassed the land of Havilah. And Havilah is the son of Cush, the father of Ethiopia, and the son of Ham, meaning it was in Africa. And Cush and Metherim and Put and Canaan. Now they say the son of Cush is Sheba and Havilah. You you could find that in Genesis ten six and seven, and it it tells you so that if that river would encompass Ethiopia, it was in Africa where uh, where the garden was located at, and then it goes on to, to say that the region is now that they talk about is now called Somaliland or Djibouti. They say, and the second river was called the Gion, which is the Nile. And I want you to understand, you got the Pishon and the Gion River, which does not run in the continent over in the Middle East, which you were in Iraq. It is in Africa. Now, we know that the Nile breaks off in the two rivers. They got the Blue Nile, and they have what you call the White Nile. They go on and it talks about the third river in the garden because they say it was four. They called it the Hedekia, and the fourth was the uh, Euphrates River. See, now the new, the U.S. News and many other magazines state that Africa is recognized as definitely the birthplace of mankind. The Jewish historian Flavius Josephus in the 11th century Bible commentary Russia both agree that the Gion, which departed from Eden, was the Nile. Now, this is one of the greatest historians of the Hebrew of Israel, who plainly states that the Gion River is the Nile River. That's in Africa. The, now, the Jewish Rashid which is called Rashid Solomon ben Isaac, has a commentary on the Bible that is still being used by Bible scholars today. In studying the Bible, we should understand the nature of the Bible that we study here in America and in Europe today, the nature of the people who translated the Bible. King James translated the Bible during the time of slave trade. This was a very, very profitable market of humans. We should understand that many other European scholars who translated the Bible were prejudiced against Africans. For this reason, many untrue statements have been made, made such as black race is a curse because of Cain. Today, many believe that we should be servants or slaves. They believe we as a race are inferior to the white race. And I just showed you why they said that dark skin is dominant and whites are recessive, but God created all mankind, and no one is better than the other because we would fall in the same category of those who enslave blacks if we start saying that we're better. Uh, and, and before I go any further, there's a different definition. The definition of a racist, and it's hard for blacks to really be racist, especially African-American. A racist is one that, that thinks that his race is dominant or someone else is inferior to them. African-Americans have only wanted to be treated fair and have liberty. 
So it's hard to be a racist when you only want to be treated fair. Now, racism is hard for blacks to practice racism because we don't own anything and we cannot hold anything back. The people with the money, the majority of people with the majority of the money are white, so that's racism. So when people put that to you, ask them to go to the dictionary and define those two terms. King James was, uh, and the slave trade was a business. We must overlook the injustice and prejudice of many Bible translators and seek the truth. Many scientists and world researchers are aware of the overwhelming evidence that Africa is the birthplace of man. The oldest bone weapons, tools, utensils, and civilization are found in Africa and not Asia. Ezekiel 29 and 10 mentions more than one river between Egypt and Ethiopia. Although not mentioned by name, the Pashon is possibly mentioned as the upper branch of the Nile. Professor Arane and Avik Yana and the Magmalian Bible Atlas identify the Pashon with the upper branch of the Nile. And Gertz Manzo Durat on page 35 through 50 in 1969, Pelagic Bible Dictionary and the Roman historian Alani spoke of Havila in East Africa. The Hasten Bible Dictionary, the Kushite Havila journey from Africa to Arabia. After searching the map of Africa, I found that the northern coast of Africa is bordered by the Mediterranean Sea and the Red Sea and the Gulf of Aden and the Indian Ocean. So when it talks about this encompassing the land, uh, the rivers that encompass, it had to be around Somalia, Ethiopia, in those areas, that's where uh, mainly you'll find where the Garden of Eden was located. But now part of it, they talk about the Hedekia River and the Euphrates. But I found out that if you look on the map today, they said that the Hedekia River, which they claim is the Tigris, ran east and west, but it runs parallel with the Euphrates River that run north and south. So I don't know if the Hedekia River was uh, the Tigris. But nevertheless, I believe that the land masses were joined together, and after a time, after the deluge of the time of Noah, the flood that the land masses separated uh, the civilizations and made the Middle East separated from North Africa. And you had Saudi Arabia, Yemen, and other places like that, and it came about. But that was during the time, you know, where there's the great land mass flows in the present Mediterranean Sea or the Red Sea and the Persian Gulf probably was formed. And so it, it goes on. And now, now we're going to get to a point. Now, the Bible talks about, after it gets to that point, it, it makes a statement. And this is very important that I told us to start looking into this. When you go to the book, after you leave there, you go to a, a portion of your Bible. And your Bible talks about building, uh, they begin to build 
a tower to get to heaven in the in the in the book. But before then, it talks about this, and this is important for I wanted us to look up in the book of Genesis in that tenth chapter around the first to the third verse. It talks about the sons of Noah. Well, they call the first son they call Jephthah, uh, which most people say is the father of the Caucasian or the white race. They said unto Jephthah, sons were born after the flood. Now, now what it does is states that Jephthah had a son, and his son was Gomer, but he had a son, and his grandson name was Eskenaz. Now, if and that's why the majority of the individuals that live in the Holy Land that they say that they are Eskenaz Jews, where you cannot come off Jephthah and be an Israelite or Hebrew. You have to come off the lineage of Shem. You can't come from Europe, and if you look up and find out where the Eskenaz are from, they'll tell you Lithuania, Caucasia, and Russia. And, you know, the Bible says in Revelation, those are people that say that they are, are Jews or whatever and are not. There are a lot of people who have taken up the religious belief, but not from the lineage of Shem. Now, I want you to understand that it talks about Ham and talks about Ham having son. And it talks about, about Sam, Ham's son was Cush, and Metherim put Canaan. And also they talk about the sons of, of Cush with Sheba and Havilah, Sabathai and Ramah, and Sheba Teacher, the sons of Ramah, Sheba and Dadan. And it talks about, and Cush begot Nimrod, who was mighty before God. And they said Nimrod was the mighty one, and God said he was a mighty hunter before God. And they say he began to build a kingdom of Babel, Egret, Arcade, Calnaba, and in the land of Shinar. Now, I want us to understand and go back to it. We're going to find out this is right before uh, Abraham came forward to Chaldees. But they give the name, remember, Put Cush and Metherim. Now, I want you to understand that when he, Ham had these children, the Hamites were the Ethiopians, they were the Egyptians, they were the Libyans, and then in Canaan. And they lived in the Holy Land today, what we call the Holy Land, was called the land of Canaan. It was named after one of Ham's great-grandson, named Jabus, J-E-B-U-S. And they say that Ham was supposed to be black. When we want to look about and find out who are these people. But now, then it talks about having another son. And that son name was Shem. But before we even go into Shem, it talks about uh, Nimrod built kingdoms in Babel, Babylon, and around that area, Iraq, Akkad, Kalimba, Kalimba, in the land of Shinar. Now, I, I was doing something on, on that about the land of Shinar 
and the Simeons. And I asked a question, I Googled it and asked a question because Abraham came from that area. What color was the Sumerians? And to my surprise, they said that they were chocolate with stute noses. That means short, fat noses. And you know who have that. You know who's chocolate color. And that's where Abraham came from or the Chaldees around Mesopotamia. So a whole lot of questions are, are being answered. And when you want to find out who in the Bible were dark-skinned people, you look up Shem and you look up Ham, and you'll find out they are the progenitors of the dark race. It's good that we, we, we learn this, and we and it's good that we learn this, too. See, it behooved me to say that the Phoenicians were blacks. These black people were proficient in philosophy, astronomy, geometry, arithmetic, and navigation. These black Africans had good harbors, which enabled them to navigate to this different land. And the Phoenicians were skilled also. They were skilled in metalwork, needlework, and embroidery, they were able to extract dye from, from from oyster shells and other things. And now we find that the English alphabet was derived from an ancient black nation, the Phoenicians. Had a powerful navy. They were a great trade. When the Phoenicians traded with the Greeks, the Greeks did not have an alphabet. As a result, they adopted the Phoenician alphabet in order to transact business. The Greek passed this alphabet system to Rome, and the Rome transmitted to the German Anglo-Saxon tribe. So that's why we say when we think about things about hooks on phonics, alpha, beta, and that's where you get your alphabets from the Phoenicians started that. The Phoenicians and the Hebrew alpha and Bit A-B. So these are things that we don't know because we don't really research them. But there are so many parts in the Bible and in scriptures that Africans have played in us. When you look at the origin of Abraham, the coming from Ur of the Chaldees, and talking about Haran, and you find out that these are the places in Baal, which is a rock. We're talking about the mighty hunter for the Lord, which was Nimrod. Shinar, talking about Kalnai, Kalnai, and the land of Shinar. Out of that land went forth Asher and built Nineveh. And all of these are descendants of Nimrod. These scriptures, one must have a map of Asia, minor. Before Abraham, in the 11th chapter of Genesis, we find these words, that Nimrod, the grandson of Ham, began his kingdom around Ur the Chaldees. We are not to be fooled. The Bible called this area Shinar. Shinar. Abraham, coming from this region, would have to be of a dark race or a black Cushite. They even said uh, the world modern nation even said that that during that time it was a most likely was a Ethiopian 
empire in that area during that time. The Bible tells us that God confounded the tongue, and the Bible says, and that's the 11th chapter. Now, I want you to pay close attention to this because if you pay close attention at the Tower of Babylon, the different people, Shem, Ham, and Jephthah, separated. Jephthah went up into Europe. Shem stayed right around the Holy Land and around uh, the land of Arabia and Shinar. And also Ham children stayed there. In what we call the Holy Land today, Jerusalem, that's the land of Canaan. That's, that's Ham, the black man Ham. His son was there. Ethiopia, all that was black. Egypt, Libya, Simon, you know, we talk about black Simon. Simon and Cyrene, they were black. In the Family Bible Dictionary by Dillard, Dillon contains an identical book of King James Virgin with additional text of Apocrypha. Now, it, it, it talks about it talks about Judah, Tobit, Esther, one and two, wisdom of Solomon, Birch, and the prayer of Manasseh, king of Judea, Judea, and the first and second book of Maccabees. It states clearly that the book of Judah, five and one through twenty-four, that Abraham was a descendant of the Chaldeans, which means that he was an Ethiopian. The builder of the Chaldee were Hermetic in race and language and civilization. Archaeology discovered rocks and annals and cuneiform records have conclusively demonstrated that the Hermetic Negro were the earliest settlers of Ur. The African Ethiopian Empire had for ages dominated Ur. Chaldean were some Chaldean were a mixed race. Uh, what, what they were Semites and Hamites, and um, some were pure Ethiopian, a breed of Hamite race. Those who were mixed had strong Negroid feature. In other words, the Semites or the Shem, Shem were dark-skinned people. The early Shemites and Hamites possessed deep, dark skin, woolly hair, now, this is something that we I want you to understand, and you can find this in your Bible. Yellow and white hair found among the ancient Semites or Hebrew was feared and socially shunned. In other words, it was almost looked at if you had blonde hair as being a curse. It was almost like having an albino. Let us not forget that Abraham, the father of the Hebrew race, fathered a son too. His son, the first child that he had, that he, he had, his name was Ishmael. And we should understand that the worship of God was in Egypt before the time of Moses. Let us not forget that there were three sons of Noah. There were all brothers and carried a lot of their father's tradition and belief with them. History tells us through records from the Egyptian hieroglyphic, the God of the Hebrew, Laredite, forefather in Exodus 3 and 3, since they had yet adopted Yahweh, Jehovah, 
in Egyptian hieroglyphics. See, they had adopted it. It is in Hebrew or in Greek and in Latin, who in fact replaced El Shaddai in Exodus 4, a tribal deity without any form of a holy sacred scripture before one was influenced by Moses. Now, it's important to understand that Moses learned so much, and what I love about God, God put Moses there. We know that, and this is important, too, to understand. We want to find out what color was the Hebrew. Well, Moses' mother put Moses in a basket and put pitch and tar on it and made something like an ark. We call it the ark of safety in theology. And, and, and when um, Pharaoh's daughter seen the ark, she had her maidens to get the ark and bring the child in. She named him Moses because the name Moses means to be drawn from the water. But now, now it's important to understand that Moses had to be, now, during that time, Africa was governed by, at least Egypt were a black king at that time. So his daughter is black and he's black. You can't bring a white baby in if you just put out uh, a statement saying kill all the firstborn a year or two above that come off the birthing stool. So they, they had to look alike for him to pass for the grandson of Pharaoh. Now, it's something that you have to understand. Even during the time when Moses left and Moses met his wife, Zipporah, which was an Ethiopian, which in the word Ethiopia is called Cush. The word Cush means burnt face. Now, Now, it means burnt face, so... When Zipporah see Moses, she says that she did thought Moses was an Egyptian. Now, this is something to think about. All these people, and even before Moses, when Joseph was sold by, the, they say his brothers dug a hole and had him in this pit, but they wouldn't kill him, and they sold him to the Midianites. The Midianites were Ethiopians. And they were traveling caravan, and the Midianites got him, and they sold him to the Egyptian. Well, Joseph had to be the color of the Egyptian because when his brother came years later to purchase food because the famine came in the land, the brother thought he was an Egyptian. So evidently they were of the same color and the same race or breed of people. Now, let us continue to unveil the mystery of the color of uh, the original Hebrew. Let us uh, look at the more, more over the Old Testament personalities. May I state again, the purpose of this writing or this book is not to bring, and this is my thesis for my master, bring hatred among other races for past injustices, but to both enlighten and bring forth the truth about the part of Africans uh, the, who played a role in the Bible as well as history. Let it be known to the reader that I believe that the Holy Bible, I believe the Holy Bible, but I believe racism has called some things to be purposely left out. 
And I've stated before, have you ever thought about that the Suez Canal was was not built until 1900s and all the land mass was connected and that part of the land, which is the Holy Land today, was considered as North Africa? You see throughout the Bible, they show lions, hippos, and all kind of other animals which do not live there today since the war. They put a waterway to keep the animals from, the animals stop coming. Now that we have studied Abraham, let us look further. In the book of Jude, the, the taking of Negroes or black Amorite wife still constitute a thorny problem among Jews who returned following their Babylon exile. The ancient Jews were so black that many Romans mistook them for Ethiopians. The most rigid code among Jews to present miscongregation miscongregationists fair, even the Jewish father of Abraham posed such marriage forbidden by marrying a non-Jewish woman, a non-Hebrew woman of Africa. The lady was Hagar, who later bare him his first child, which is Ishmael. And let us pay close attention that white uh, Europeans left out of the Bible in the 11th chapter of Genesis, and we'll find out they did not return until around the time of Elijah the Great. So it's not that the Bible was just written about Caucasian because they were not in the Bible for many, for, for hundreds and thousands and thousands of years at all. They left out the Bible and went up into Europe. Now let us pay close attention to the scripture in Genesis 38, 1 to 30. There we find that Jacob fourth son bore a Hebrew son. Now, Jacob fourth son had now Jacob fourth son bore two Hebrew sons. Now his fourth son was Judah, but Judah's son married uh, Tamar, who was an Ethiopian. But he he died, and there was no one for Tamar to marry. And those of you who are Studious of the Bible know that she posed as a harlot on the side of the road with a veil over her face, and that Judah was passing by, and Judah gave her his signal ring and and his, his staff, and he had sex with her. And when she began to be pregnant, he was indignant about it. He was supposed to stone her. But she gave him his signal ring and his cane, so he knew she was pregnant for him. And out of that, out of that, um, came two kids, Zero and Perez and Freres. Now, out of that, Perez married. Well, well, you know, out of that, Perez came. Now, Perez. So the child is black. And the child, now we know, I want you, you, this is what I want you to find out, that we're going to find out that Tamar was black and married to intermarried. And she was, this, was looked again, and it was sure 
the Canaanite father of Tamar, was the daughter-in-law and mistress of Judah. We also keep in mind that in our study of the Bible that Jesus is a descendant of the tribe of Judah. The black shoe was a blood-linked ancestor to our Savior. Now, I'm just going to say this right quick. Through Jacob's grandson, Pharez, you're going to find that Pharez, who was an African, of African descent, uh, he was a Semite and a Hamite. Well, he had a son named Hezeron. Hezeron had a son named Solomon. Solomon had a son named Obed. Obed had a son named Jesse, and Jesse had a son named David. Now, this tells you that all these dog people, that is no way King David was of light skin, that that is David and that's Jesus' ancestry. Let us continue to pay close attention to the the crossbreeding, but both of them are black. The Hebrews were were were, were uh, come from Shinar, so they were already black or dark skin throughout the Bible. And it is easy to understand that black on black make black, or dog plus dog equal dog. We have been told for many years that we are inferior, we are a curse, lower form of a human being. We have been mistreated just as the Hebrew of ancient time. In studying the Holy Bible, we find a crossbreeding between Hebrews and the children of Ham, or blacks went on despite of all laws in Deuteronomy 7 and 3, Nehemiah 31, 17, 18, Ezra 9, chapter verse 15, and 10, chapter verse 1 through 44. Such restriction exists at that time for religious reason, not for race, not about race. The Hebrews were already a mixed people long before entering and departing Egypt. This is why some scholars in his term have written that Hebrews were of African origin. The Greek historian and geographer Strabo's geographer. Strobo states that during his lifetime, it was not unusual for his stern to think of Jews to be of African descent or ancestry. Strobo went on to say that Jews living in Western Judea were part part African. Ethiopian um, Egyptians, the Roman taxida supports Strobo by saying. Jews were of the Ethiopian race, that they were black. Modern white Jews received much of their praise, culture, and popularity from the history of the early ancient black Jews. The early Hebrews, the light complexion, so-called Jew, contributed nothing to the early part of the Bible, to the Bible, biblical time. Hebrews developed, nor were they present during the exodus from Egypt under Moses or the invasion of in seminary I was talking about the conquest of Canaan and when they came back into Canaan they had to conquer, conquer that land 
the white so-called so-called Jews appeared on about a hundred years after the death of Solomon. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and their descendants until the book of Second Kings were dark-skinned people, largely mixed with African Hamite features. I would like to state light-skinned Jews began to appear because of crossbreeding with Greeks during the time of Alexander the Great. Then came the Roman conquest, and interbreeding again took place. This is how light-skinned or white so-called Jews came about. Let us continue to discover that the color of the ancient Hebrew ways was. Back up above the statement reads in Genesis 38, 1 through 11, 1 Chronicle 2 and 3. Let us go a step further to the history of Iraq. It is written in the World Mark Encyclopedia Nation under the past history that dates back from the time of Abraham in the land of Ur the Chaldees. Those who inhabited the country were dark-skinned people, inhabited. Shrines, implements, and pottery found on various sites can be date, dated as early as 5th millennium, 5,000 years. Some sites bear a name that are familiar to the Bible, which consider the land between the two streams, the location of the Garden of Eden, or the Chaldees, the native land of the patriarch Abraham, Scientific exploration and archaeological research are amplified, confirmed, and systematized the half-historical, half-legendary Bible report. World Mark Encyclopedia of Nations, page 123, records history in Mesopotamia begin with the Sumerans who originally linguistics and affinities have yet to be established with certainty. This tells us that Nimrod the Hamite was the founder of the Sumerians, who are direct descendants of Ham, who was known was black. Furthermore, Abraham came from Ur the Chaldees. He was black. To go even deeper into research, let us travel, let our travel take us to the time of Joseph. And I told you that Joseph married uh, Egyptian Potiphar's daughter named Asenta. And out of that, that charming daughter, Asenta, of Potiphar's the priest, she gave birth to two kids. And when she gave birth to these two kids, Manasseh and Ephraim was born on the African continent, and both were adopted by their grandfather, Jacob, upon their on upon his deathbed, for some unknown reason, gave the first birthright blessing to the younger Ephraim, thereby indicating that Ephraim was to become greater than his older brother. It is written in First Chronicles seven, chapter verse twenty and twenty-seven, that Joshua, who led the black Hebrews into the Promised Land, was a descendant of Ephraim. So. If a center was Joshua, great-grandmother great or grandmother, what color was Joshua? To understand the Bible, we must understand the history of the Hebrew, the Egyptians, and the Ethiopians. These three races played a great part throughout the Bible. 
Let us not stand idle and study history. Talking about H-I-S-S-T-O-R-Y in America and in Europe. The Europeans have falsified the Bible. And I've always heard this statement. He who writes the narrative make the people be the color that they would like them to be. Make them look and be who they want them to be. I watch many movies about Moses. I watch many stories about all this and all the Egyptian because Egypt is this place with faulty stirred pyramids with with no cranes or nothing to heavy lifters to do. And I've noticed that Europeans go as further as to say people came from outer space and built it or some other people instead of giving it that African bill, Hamite bill, the pyramids. There are also more pyramids that were built in the Sudan or the Nubians. There are more pyramids than that was built in then Egypt. And the Nubians were rulers of Egypt for quite some time. Now, in the book, Ethiopian, the missing link of in African history, when you go back and then you look at the Webster's College Dictionary and let us see what Webster has to say. Webster says, by definition, Arab, a number of the Arabic-speaking people of citizens of Arabic-speaking nations, a number of the Semitic people inhabiting since ancient times, the Arab, the Arab Peninsula and desert fringes of Manasseh-Potania, Levant, spreading throughout Southwest Asia and North Africa, Saudi Arabia, Yemen, Oman, Qatar, Kuwait, and United Arab Emirates were, were noticed. None of these races were white on that peninsula. Not one even to the day are white. And may I add that even if you talk to some uh, Caucasians and even black soldiers that was over in Saudi Arabia, not Saudi Arabia, that fought over in Iraq and other places in that area, they call the people over there sad N-words. And you know what the N-word means. I'm not going to say it but because uh, it's okay others to say it. But they call them sand inward. So you know how they how the people even looked over there to today. They do not look like European. Why is it all of a sudden now Europeans are over there saying that they are the original Israelites or Hebrews? It said, and as we say back in studying Egyptian history, it will support my theory of Ethiopian being one of the first empire to go even further. Abraham was a part of an ancient empire, a book titled Ethiopia, the Missing Link in African History, supports the theory. The ancient empire of Ethiopia come to us, will pass from the ancient days of the richest heritage of history. Ethiopia was considered by the Greeks as the home of the garden, the retreat of the masses, a land fertile field, river beds of diamond and mountains with gold and eyes of blessing, a land of the setting sun where the giant atlas 
was compelled by Olympus Job to prop up the heavens on his shoulders. The vast desert which lies south of Atlas, known as the Sahara, is called by the Moors people, and we know who the Moors, the Moors are blacks. The Moors uh, call it the Garden of Allah, where the chariots of the God, whose flaming wheels burnt the saw into sand, scorched the children of Africa, crisp like the hair, for which the word Ethiopia is termed. Ethiopia means burnt. A burnt by God. The word Ethiopia was originally pronounced Ethiopia, burnt face. Now, George Smith in the Chaldean account of creation, page 78, percepts from, from Babylon tablets that there was an original race of man at the building of the Chaldean history, a dark race who were called. Adma Oradami, the people of of Atlas, Atlantis at least. Now let us go to Mr. Smith's sacred annals on page 49. He quotes the Hebrew commentator as saying, Our rabbis assert that Adam, our father of the blessed memory, composed to the book of precepts, which was delivered to God in, in paradise, ancient record now in possession of Haile Selassie, the black Ethiopian king, said that Aram was the 35th child of Abraham. At least, excuse me, he was the 35th child of Adam. Now, I want you to understand now this. If you ever read Josephus, the history of the Jews, or the antiquities of the Jews, or Flavius Josephus, on page 8048, William Winston translates says that there's a tradition, and you can find this in the Antiquity of the Jews, which says that Adam was the father of 33 sons and 23 daughters. The African language, we find that the African language is the oldest language in the world, and it had its birth and growth before and beyond the flood. The language that we call Hebrew is nothing but a deviation of a of a African tongue. G.R. Layton in his book Man and His Migration on page one fifty six to seven on Ethiopia's way in the language of Abyssinian and G's the Tigra commit as long as they have been to be somatic graduates through Amorites and the Felicia are black Ethiopian Jews to this day. And I want you to understand when you look at the, what you call a Felicia, F-A-L-A-S-H-A, they are black Ethiopian Jews. They are over in the Holy Land there, which they went and they brought 26,000 of them because when they found them, they had earlier artifacts. Now, there is a saying that the Ark of the Covenant is in Ethiopia, even to this day, that the Ark of the Covenant. Harry and Gulfat and other language, which may be well studied in Dr. B.K.'s 
uh, valuable comparative table in Argon tongue are uh, unequivocally indigenous to Abyssinian. Through this to through this into the true Negro class, but unequivocally, as many be the semantic element of the Beecher Coptic. Now we got what you call Coptic Christians in and that's all even in Egypt. And Gullah, that's a language of Coptic or what we call Gullah. We had that some slaves to the day uh around Carolina and Virginia, they say they spoke Gullah. Thy infinitive with the tongue of Western and Southern Africa or more. So the Bible teaches that those who became Jews in Egypt as seventy Sheepers grouped in 12 patriarchal families. 400 years later, it was 600,000 men strong, not counting the women and their children. So if I give each one a wife, the 600,000 men a wife, and give them two or three kids, there was over 3 million when they left out. And 400 years of enslavement in the United States, it would be very hard to find a pure-blooded African this transpired through the crossbreeding of the slaves and the masses. This is why today we have so many blacks that look white. You can call the Americans a rainbow. African Americans are rainbow people from the lightest color of the spectrum to the darkest color of the spectrum. This happened to also to many Jews in the world through the Romans and the Greeks. They came in the bondage of Egypt, dog, dog, and lived dog, but later they interbreeded with others and lightened them up. Dr. William Mosley, who wrote The Color of Jesus, along with many other scholars, support the fact on page 7, Mr. Mosley writes, so if the original Hebrews were non-white stock, we may conclude that the original Israelites were considered more black at the time of the Exodus than present-day Israelites. Furthermore, historical record states, now listen to this, this a furthermore historical record states that the ancient Israelites, ancient Egypt and Ethiopia were only, not only closed geographically, but also close societal, culturally, economically, political, bullshit, secular writing described in present in presence of Ethiopia, people in Egypt and Israel from the Exodus to the birth of Christ in Nazareth. Now let us answer the question. If Hebrew were people of color, why did the Bible not state this fact? Why did King James in his translation omit the fact that Ethiopians and Egyptians were black. Is it the nature of Bible translators to make the word of God clear to the intended reader? Translators read the original language in which the Bible was written, Hebrew in the Old Testament, Greek in the New Testament, the trans and translated these languages into languages of their own kind. This process of translation allowed the translator's opinion, interpretation, 
to ease into the translation. Further, whether for the good or the bad, King James of England, the 17th century was familiar with African, but he was familiar with African, but refused to clarify the term. The term Ethiopian did not imagine a black person as an Ethiopian to the English reader. Uh, they thought of somebody being white in mind, but the image of white person in blackish color due to the hair texture, the skin color, organ heritage, and geographical location of the modern Ethiopian people. Why? Simply because King James translator refused to identify African whom they held as slaves with the Africans written in the Bible. Now let us continue to research what color were the original Hebrew or Jew. There is a tribe of people in Ethiopia called the Philistia. That's Beta Israel. Well, the dictionary defined Philistia as a member of a historical Cushitic-speaking people of central Ethiopia, practice a form of Judaism. We find again, even with the dictionary, hide the fact that the Ethiopians are black. Furthermore, they refuse to recognize the Ethiopian Philistia as a tribe of Jews. We realize that Abraham came from an Ethiopian civilization in Ur. Science and history verify these facts. The Bible and history tells us that Jews, Egyptians, Ethiopians married one another. When will this society realize that blacks are not ignorant people? Now that we have been somewhat introduced to the term fallacia, my intent is to give facts to this subject. I will present quotes from several newspaper articles to support my theory. The New York, New York Times, dated Thursday, February 4, 1971, Edward B. Fisco, Fisco, Ambora, Ethiopia, Ambora, Ethiopia, January 4, 5,000 acres of wilderness in a malaria-infested lowland of northwest Ethiopia are becoming something of a 20th century promised land for 25,000 black Felicia Jews. The Felicia, whose primitive form of Judaism survived more than 2,000 years in isolation from other Jews, live in Ambora, Ambobora, and other nearby villages where they are in meager living as sharecroppers, potters, and metal workers. Then the London Jewish Chronicle dated April 1973, Chief Rabbi Yosef officially recognized Felicia as Jews. Rabbi Obadiah Yosef and Sephardi, Chief Rabbi of Israel, has given rabbinical ruling that the Felicia, that the Felicia of, Ethiopia, of Ethiopia are Jews and accept their claim that they are the descendants of the tribe of Dan. Rabbi Yosef also accepted the presence of a public council on behalf of the Felicia, of whom there are some 26,000 Ethiopians call themselves Beta Israel, Black Israel. In a letter dated February the 9th, 1973, Rabbi Yosef wrote 
Odiva Hazarai, who spoke on behalf of some of the Jews of Ethiopia and Israel, informing him of the ruling. After quoting a number of prominent religious leaders who had earlier ruled that the Felicia were Jews, including the late Rabbi Abraham Cook, uh, he was uh, an Eskenite chief rabbi of Palestine, the late uh, Rabbi Itzaka Hazaron. He's also an Eskenite chief rabbi. And Rabbi Yosef will continue. I have therefore come to the conclusion that the Felicia are descendants of the tribe of Israel who went south with the Ethiopia. There is no doubt that the above sage who established that they are Felicia are of the tribe of Dan. And we know Samson came from the tribe of Dan. Investigated and inquired and researched this conclusion on the basis of the most reliable witness and evidence. It is my highest wish that my has been proved the fact that and evidence I have presented. I hope that the reader or whoever listened to this and studied the his, history and continually to seek the truth. God said in the book of Hosea, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Let us as black African-American race never stop seeking the truth. Now, it's important that we understand that blacks in the Bible, we uh, live in a society of black and white where racism and hatred prevails, a country that states anyone with one-thirty-second of black blood is classified as a black African-American. If this is true, let us trace the bloodline of Christ as our Savior. We will find that there are many, many Africans in his bloodline. Not also not just stating that even the Hebrews during the time, they were uh, people of color. They were brown people, as I stated earlier. So what color would Jesus be? I will use the Bible and other books to provide the fact. It is very important that I lay a foundation so that anybody listening will be able to identify the the African presence in the Bible. First, the word ham is defined in Webster Dictionary as the second son of Noah. We find that the name Ham has been scripturally used to describe people and places beside the original meaning black. The same has also adopted other definitions such as dark, ebony, sunburned, chocolate, and brown. Furthermore, it is important to understand that even if you look at the Sumerans, they said that the Sumerans, where Abraham or the Chaldeans came from, and about 5,000 years ago, that they were people chocolate with student noses. Most black scholars throughout the ages have agreed that Ham and his offspring belong to the so-called Negro family of nations. Ham and his children are recorded in Genesis 10, chapter verse 6 through 20. We will find Ham's settlement was called the land of Ham for thousands of years and is now, is now, is known is now what is known as Egypt, 
and Africa. For some reason, they've taken Egypt off the African map and want to say Egypt is something different. The students of the Bible cannot identify black people in the Bible because we are used to hearing the term Negro, Black, African-American, or African. The student who traces the Bible using these terms will search in vain. The basic Bible term is used to identify uh, black African in the Bible word as Ethiopian, Kush, Kushite, Canaanite, Hittite, Javis, Kush, Kushito, Kushai, Egyptian, Shiva, Havilah, Sabata, Remoa, Shibia, Genesis 10 and 6. It is very important to know the names of the sons of Ham and his offspring. According to Sir Arthur T. Fitchburg and G. Massai, the Greek Herodias and the Roman taxidus became other centuries of miscongenial nation, the Semites, including the Hebrew and Hamites, blacks or Negro, were largely a blend of one race. The reader of this information is asked to view the charts uh, that they have, and it's called, you know, the Amorites, the Highlanders, or the Canaanites. The Canaanites mean Umber, the fourth son of Ham. Cush meaning black, Cushan. And they also they call Africa the land of Kim. And that simply means the land of blacks. Even that to that to today. And I'm talking about going way back. I'm talking about thousands of years ago. When we talk about the word Javis, which is what Jerusalem is named after, is called uh, the villager. Metherum is Egypt, Puch is Libya, Sodom or Zodom means fisherman, Kushai is Ethiopia meaning burnt faith, Heph is Hittites. Ham was the youngest of Noah's son. Ham uh, was the patriarch, was not cursed dog, but created born dog. Ham is considered the paternal uh, ancestor of Ethiopia, Egypt. Libya, Carthage, and many African tribes, northern and southern Arabia, Creeks, Creeks, Cyprus, Asia Minor, Hittites, and portions of Israel. And the black Americans all uh, deal with Hamites. In Ethiopia, Cush was the firstborn of Ham. His son was Havila, Sheba, Shabbatah, Rama, Shabbat teacher, and Nimrod. After God confounded the language at the Tower of Bama, Cush and his family moved south to Africa. He settled in northern Africa, northeast Africa. Cush is called the father of Cushai, meaning Ethiopia. This uh, ancient land was ruled by many kings and queens, such as King Ra-Natisha, and Pianka, Tutmos the, the third, Queen Amentira, the reign in Ethiopia during the birth of Jesus was 
Candace. You can find that in Acts, the 8th chapter, verse 27. Metherin is Egypt, was the second son of Ham, and an African blood, and African by blood. And this being the second son of Ham, he was the father of Ludum, Anium, Lahaban, Natuban, Parashim, Kashluham, Kaphetar, and whom we get the Philistines. During the desertion of Babel, Metherim also followed the two brothers Cush and put to Africa. After arriving in what is known as Egypt today, populating an area known as Lord Egypt, which was once called Metherim. Metherim is still the ultimate name for Egypt. Egypt is called the land of Ham several times in the Bible. And it talks about putting, it gives the different names of the different people that lived in these areas. Now, it talks about Zion and the fishermen that we, we get all these people that that are in Jabez, who's Jerusalem and Capitol, you know, the black Philistines and that and that area which is the land of Philistine. Now, before I go too much further and I'm gonna allow you to ask, ask some questions. I'll be allowing you to ask some questions is the fact that I'm gonna give you some terms to look up. Look up what color, uh, Google, what color was the real Israelites? And in that, find out about the Limba, L-E-M-B-A, Limba tribe. And then go into what you call, uh, another one is Igbo, I-G-B-O, Igbo tribe. And also go to your uh, Google, the map of Africa dating 1747. And if you look that, they're going to have about the slave, where the slave trade was. You're going to see Key, K-M, Judah, J-U-D-A. It, it says Kingdom of Judah. And we know that in A.D. 70, after Christ's death and before when uh, Solomon's temple was destroyed and the Romans and stuff first started coming in after that time and uh, do a uh, do, uh, night, but Harris Temple when the Romans and things came in, that they fled, the temple was destroyed, they fled out of the Holy Land, and they fled into Africa where they could blend in, and they stayed there. They didn't go to Rome and interbreed with the Romans or others or the Greeks. They went into Africa and they maintained that color. And they are the Limba and the Ebo. Their Limba supposed to be not supposed to be, but they took the DNA from the limber and find out they are the tribe of Levi, Moses, the tribe from with Moses. They are very dark-skinned people. And then they found out the other group, the Igbos, who the one are the tribe of Judah, the one Jesus came off of, they are very dark-skinned people uh, out of Nigeria. So when we look at those things, then we're going to continue to do it because it's not fair that, um, we've been lied to for so many years to protect a man's ego. We know that the truth can never be told to us by Europeans that came to America and 
We've been taught in America that the Indians and Africans were savages, but who came and killed up the indigenous people and took their land from them as it was okay and then do it under a banner of Christianity? That's not Christianity. So I want you to think about those things, the very nature of the people who run this country. Even the day a black kid could jog and get killed. I remember once in Texas, several years ago, one had his head pulled off. People chained him to a car and pulled until his head came off. This is, this is a, the group of people that go around with guns and cars and, and want to have their own way. That's who sell America. So when you're dealing with King James and the way he lied about the origin of us and what color the people in the Bible were, to be honest with you, that they left out the Bible for over a thousand years and didn't come back in the Bible until around Alexander the Great. And that was over a thousand years. Did in the Old Testament, they played very little part at all. And then when they came in, they came in trying to conquer and take over. So uh, that's that's the true story of, of that. But we even have a lot. Our history is just profound, and my main thing, I want to expose you to the real color and who was the real Hebrew and Israelites. And you could go on online and ask what color was the real Israelites or Hebrew, and they'll tell you what color they were. So, again, I leave it open now for any questions that you might have. Thank you. Thank you very much, Dr. Kemp. What a wonderful lesson tonight. History talk right here on Breaking Chains on YET Radio. Uh, we're going to open up the lines right now. Uh, if there's anyone out there that would like to ask a question, make a comment or a statement, the line is open for you right now to Dr. Kemp. The line is open. Good evening. God bless. Does anyone have any questions, statements, or comments for Dr. Kemp? Mm-hmm. Seatbelt. All right. I don't know. All right. Can I get the phone? Yeah. Yeah. Hello? Okay. Uh, no one has any questions. They were listening, but they didn't have any questions. <laughs> okay. Well, I just want, want to say that through my research when I was getting my Master of Theology, I studied the Bible and studied for so long and grew up wondering, why would a God allow this to happen to people? And a lot of things were answered, and I'm going to answer some questions coming up later on. But I found out that, well, we must be serving food or something in the back because we never shown in, in the Bible everything, all the pictures of the angel, black angels must be serving food, or the uh, nothing but white people in the Bible. We, we, they must be of us in one of the outer houses or something. <laughs> but then I started realizing, now, wait a minute, before World War and before 1900 and that Suez Canal was built, the Holy Land was North Africa. The people in that area were very dark-skinned people. Where all these white people come from in 1948? And I'm going to take you all to also to a clip and 
what Gama Abdul Nasserah stated in 1952, in which four years after which, see, the people that's in the Holy Land today have only been there since 1948. 72 years. That's that's how long they've been there. 72 years. But four years after they came in, 1952, the president of Egypt before uh, Anwar Sadat was Gama Abdul Nasser. You can look it up. His speech in 1972, and now this is what the, what the, what the president of Egypt said. We the Arab League refused to accept these Hebrew-speaking Gentiles. We will never accept you. How can a man leave black and come back white? We will not accept you. You tell me what that means, that the original people were black. Now you're sending white people over here in the Holy Land talking about they're the Israelite, they're the Hebrews. No, the people in that region know who the people are. Look it up. It's all written down. Uh, you know, uh, the Bible says my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. We won't pick the books up. Everything the book is almost written about you. Pick it up. Look up the Coptic Christian picture before there ever was a, a, a picture of Christ. The Coptic Christian have the earliest picture of Christ. And this is some black people having a last supper. The picture of the uh, the first picture of the black of Madonna, it called a black Madonna. It's a picture of a black lady with a black baby. It's in Spain. It's in Europe. It's even in Russia. Only in America they they made they whiteized American parts of Europe. They whiteized everything to make us. They made us out of slaves. And they wanted you to think less of yourself. But when the truth get told and the children find out the truth, the Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. It didn't say set you free. It said make you free. See, the slave was set free, but they never was given anything. They didn't know how to read. They didn't have an education. And they wasn't treated right. No reparation to be made free. The Bible says, he who the sun set free is free indeed. If we're made free, we're going to be free indeed. And, and we were never made whole. When you're made free, you're made whole. We were never made free. We were set free with nowhere to go to, no money, no nothing. So you couldn't do nothing but stay on the plantation. Yes, sir, because you were set free. Just, you can leave my house now. Where can I go? I don't have no money. I don't have, if I go out there, the night rider going to kill me. Amen. Amen. I, I want to just thank all who mm. listen in, and I pray that what I said has been a blessing to you. I know it was a blessing. It's been a blessing to me to study about the origin of man and study about um, uh, the African presence in the Bible. And, just the presence of uh, blacks in the Bible because all all the people, uh, the Shemites are, are not really African, and a whole lot of us today are really Shemites. You may not be, uh, you might have been stole over here and you were taken off the African continent, but a whole lot of uh, 
the Shemites were fled during A.D. 70 when the Romans were taking over the temple. Matter of fact, it was 700 and some thousand people, which the largest tribe was Judah, and they had 700 and some thousand. And so many of them fled because they were for them and Bethlehem and Benjamin were the first ones to the south, uh, closer to Egypt. So they were able to leave the other ten tribes were up north, and they were either for to get conquered and to be taken off other places. But a lot of them also fled in the Syria and and all the way they have they went as further as India. So we're gonna do a lot of studying, and uh, again, I just want everybody to know God bless you, and I love you, and you can't do nothing about it. God bless you. Amen. Amen, Dr. Kim. Say that. <laughs> but Dr. Kim, we thank you for coming on and doing this show, uh, Breaking Chains, History Talk, uh, and featuring you, sir, uh, doing a lot of teaching and educating us and empowering us. So we really appreciate that, and we love you back, sir, uh, here at the Breaking Chains Ministry. Uh, do you have any other comments, any other things you want like to put out there before we sign off, sir? Okay, yes. I, I want to just make this statement. We are truly blessed to have a man of the stature of Reverend Williams, Reverend Hotrod. So, okay, Reverend Hotrod. He's a true man of God who's trying to make ways. He's, he's making these ways that we could get this knowledge that we need to add a people to uplift ourselves and to uplift ourselves in a godly way. You could tune to him and listen at him just about every night of the week. And he's trying to to get the word out about Jesus Christ mm. and his love for all of us. So I just want to give a blessing and a shout out to Reverend Hot Rod and and uh, different other people, Susanna and others that's out there that's listening tonight and and that that's there that that participates on different forums. I met uh, Apostle Gant, who's a, a very heavy brother and. And we have a good time, and I just ask God to richly bless them and keep doing God's work, uh, Reverend Hot Rod. Reverend William, please continue doing God's work. He have you here for to do something and to make sure his word get out, and then you're a strong leader. And I want to tell you this, that you're a strong leader for your people and everyone else. You don't forget about your people. So I just want to tell you that I say, from the Great Antioch Baptist Church, from United Theological Seminary, from my house to your house. I love you, brother, mm-hmm. and I love mm-hmm. all who are listening, but I want you to keep up the good work. Mm-hmm. Reverend William, God bless you, and keep this my prayer. God bless you, uh, Dr. Kemp. God bless you for that. Uh, glory to God. Uh, wow. You just blew me away with that one. Wasn't expecting that. Uh, thank you very much, Dr. Kemp. Love you back, sir. Uh, we appreciate everything that you're doing with us and uh, educating us and what you do offline with us as well. So God bless you, and we love you too, sir. Thank you very much. All right. That's going to wrap it up for tonight. Don't forget, tune in every Tuesday night, Breaking Chains with History Talk with Dr. LaVert Kemp. He's going to bring it every Tuesday, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Log it in, put it on your calendar, get involved. We live stream every Tuesday night, www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Y-A-T radio. You can ask questions or get involved at 858-357-9137. Don't forget, tomorrow night, Wednesday night, 
It's the Men of Valor and the P31 Ladies Night. We kick off at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. Get involved with the conversation. We're going to break chains tomorrow night. That's going to do it for us. We got to wrap it up. Dr. Kemp with History Talk. Want to pray us out, Dr. Kemp? Amen. A little about his. Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord God, for your manifold blessings, Father. We thank you, Lord God, for all you've done for us. Now, Lord, we ask that you will look upon us as we go through this pandemic. Lord, so many people have lost their loved ones, Lord. There are so many people who are bedridden. Lord, and I know you could be a father for the fatherless, a mother for the motherless. Lord, I know that you're no further than a whispered prayer. Lord, we ask that you will comfort those who are bedridden, those who are suffering with the COVID from COVID-19, Lord. Uh, Strengthen their families as their family worries so much about them. Father, stand by us as so many people are just getting disgusted because we have been uh, quarantined to be in our homes, Lord, and we have to practice this social distancing. Lord, let us never grow weary and never grow faint. And, Lord, let us remember what you said in Isaiah 26 and 20, that when this plague befalls us, that we'll go to inside our abodes to the innermost part to hide there for a while until it passes over. So, Lord, let us not grow weary nor faint. Let us go into the innermost parts and pray and stay there. Let us learn more. I've, Lord, I've been just studying your word and studying all things to better myself and to better this world. Lord, we pray that others will do the same thing and learn to love one another. Learn how to treat one another. Lord, we ask that you bless our homes and make our homes homes of love, homes of peace, and homes of prayer. I ask in the mighty name of Jesus that you will build us up where we are torn now, strengthen us where we are weakened. Lord, you say you will never leave us nor forsake us in our times of our vicissitudes and adversities. Stay ever present with us. Oh, Father, we just thank you. We praise you, Lord. Again, Lord, bless Brother Hotrod, Reverend Hotrod as he break the bread of life to us just about every night and make sure that we learn more and more about you. Oh, we thank you and we praise you. In the mighty, mighty name of Jesus and for his sake, amen. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you all out there. Stay safe. Stay in the word. God loves you and so do we. Have yourself a blessed night. Here's a wonderful song to enjoy as we can sign out. Have a good night. Good night, everyone. Life in our songs, healing in our wings. We are children of God, joined us with the King. Do you know who you are? Tell me, can you see? Are you?
For listening to Breaking Chains on YAT Radio. Listen every night as we live stream on www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash YAT Radio. Or call in live 858-357-9137. Breaking Chains on YAT Radio. Leaving a mark that can't be erased by breaking the chains of silence. You've been listening to History Talk on Breaking Chains with Dr. Lavert Kemp. Thank you for listening, and tune in next week to learn more of who you are. Breaking Chains History Talk with Dr. Lavert Kemp. Leaving a mark that can't be erased by breaking the chains of silence. Thanks for turning us on this evening. 
Just know we are here to assist you in recovering your light from back from the darkness. Speak the truth with Young Adults Talk Live, a ministry for the people of God. So let's join together and recover what's ours. God bless you from the Young Adults Talk family.